Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. G'day everyone, Lauren Crest of Business Scientist here. So firstly, I uh, my sound might be a bit different <laughs> today because I am recording this from Sydney. I expected to be back in uh, Townsville. But um, because I have been staying in Waverley, I'm kind of stuck in Sydney for the next couple of weeks. So the next few episodes are going to sound like this. Um, I tested the sound quality and I'm like, it's, I think it's good enough. And I would rather post, uh, you know, c- continue posting as expected rather than just go silent for a few weeks. So here I am. And today we're going to be talking about sort of manipulative marketing and some of the things that marketers do to trick us into buying things that we don't actually need and aren't going to get us the results that we think they're going to get us. So we'll get onto that in just a second. But before we do, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. I pay my respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples living and working on the land today. So there might be a little ad break here and then we'll just get straight on to, oh no, can I put ad break? Yes, I can. (laughs) We'll get straight on to the main part of the episode. I'll be back in a tick. Now on Mickey D's, when you buy any crispy chicken sandwich or quarter pounder with cheese, you'll get a free medium fry and free medium drink when you order on the app. So do you have the app? How are you going to get this deal if you don't have the app? I know you have a phone. Anywho, if you have the app, enjoy your free fries and drink. If you don't, you can't see me, but know that I'm shaking my head. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Limited time only. I participate in McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. All right. So just also to let you know, I can't edit this podcast. So this is going to be like pretty raw right so I, I don't think I can edit it anyway so we're just I'm just gonna do the best I can and uh and we'll see how we go um so yeah let's start off by talking a little bit about I, I want to sort of start with like I guess how storytelling is used for both marketing and education as well so the storytelling tr- structure it's something I've talked about on my last podcast show the oyster i don't know if i've talked about it i probably have early on in this there's been so many episodes now i can't remember (laughs) but i probably talked about the storytelling structure before and it's a really useful structure that we use in advertisements it's really useful in public speaking in uh, stuff that we pitch to the media and also in helping people to learn something new um Basically, what we do is we start off in a story and this can be dragged out into something that, you know, is a movie length kind of feature film or it could even be longer, right? Or it can be condensed into a 30 second ad, but the structure is kind of the same. So essentially, you start off with like, here's the world that we're in. This is the lay of land or this is the law of the universe that we're currently in in this story. So a bit of context. Then what we do is we introduce a conflict, a problem. So this is where marketers, you know, will use things like pain points to sort of 
help the person that they're targeting to understand that this they're recognizing their problem that the the problem that they have is something that you know the consumer can relate to so for instance something like saying do you have trouble getting dirt out of your laundry or do you and now like, yeah i do have that problem so now i'm going to keep listening also in a movie it could be like when the hero comes across their sort of first hurdle like oh no i you know this this thing has happened i don't know what to do about it there's got to be a conflict the next thing that happens is action right so it's like what are we going to do about this problem so it's sort of like the solution the solution gets presented or okay what we need to do is we need to go on to this in, in along this journey sort of thing and usually this is where like a guide is introduced or it could be a product right this is going to solve the problem here's what you need to do oh great okay and we see that the protagonist of the story or the hero of the story who is usually the person who is um, you know representing the consumer in the case of marketing is like oh okay all right i'm going to take you up on that i'm going to take the solution on and see what happens then you have the result so this is what happens as a consequence of implementing the solution in the case of marketing we're talking about all the benefits look at all the benefits look the laundry is clean you know whatever it is look your problem is now solved because of the solution because of us and then finally we have the resolution and in the case of marketing this might be more like a call to action like so this is what's happened everything's great now you need to go buy this so that you can have the same resolution in education this can be really really useful as well right when we tell like parables when we tell anecdotes of this is what happened to this person as the result of going through this journey we learn new things so in the case of like literature it literature uses story to help us empathize with someone who might be completely different from us we're able to walk in someone else's shoes and understand someone else understand their perspective storytelling like is a great way of helping people to remember things better because it makes things concrete uh, it makes people understand oh okay this is an actual example of what someone did to achieve a result but the problem is is that the, this story structure it's so powerful and uh, i'll tell you about the neuroscience in a second of why it's so powerful but it's so powerful that we can also use it to manipulate people so we can be using the story structure and essentially saying as long as we match up that problem and benefits thing together we can be telling absolute bullshit but people it's still going to stick in people's minds it's a really really powerful way and memorable way to communicate and therefore we can get away with not actually telling the truth we can get away with not actually presenting facts the reason that storytelling is so powerful in terms of the brain is that instead of just communicating in one way so for instance uh, an artwork uses visual primarily it's visual right so people see that see an artwork and it lights up the vision part of the brain or uh, in the case of like if you write something down that's just a fact again it's going to only speak to sort of the rational part of the brain but what happens with storytelling is it engages the emotional part of the brain it actually what what we see happen is when people are told information in the storytelling structure 
all these different parts of their brain are activated because they have to process, they have to empathize with the character. They need to think about what's going on. They are, there's lots of different things going on inside the brain to help them understand that story. So it's much more memorable. Now, what we do in marketing is we look at what are the emotional motivators Emotional motivators are the primary thing that are going to get someone to buy and then how do I put that into a storytelling structure so that people feel like they're learning something new, they've got new insight and they're going to want to buy my product. And it got me thinking about like emotional motivators. I kind of did a little bit of research before the show. Sometimes I do research, sometimes I just talk based on what I know. I'm not a huge fan of doing research. I'm just like, oh, this is stuff that I've learned at some point. I'm going to put it on the show. But um, I did come across this article on um, Harvard Business Review that was talking about these 10 high-impact emotional motivators. So I wanted to take you through through those. But first, I also wanted to explain that, like, what people are actually buying. So market good marketers recognize that and I don't, when I say good, I mean effective. Effective marketers recognize that people aren't making decisions to purchase based on rationale. They're not going, let me make a rational uh, decision. In business, in some cases, like business to business cases, you have to think more about that rational decision making process of so people weighing up the pros and cons. Uh, and thinking through that and we've talked about this on the show before what we talked about decision making right like we do use thinking as part of our way of making a decision but it's actually often just to rationalize the decision we've already made and if you're interested in finding out more about that listen to the interview that I did with Brian Fretwell a while back on the neuroscience of intuition so what people are generally buying is they're buying I trying they're trying to buy identity, community, feelings, and futures. And this is what each of these sort of high impact emotional motivators are talking through. I'm gonna pull this up as we're going through this because I found it really useful to look at um, this article. Let's see if I can find it. It was an in Safari, guys, I don't know. Ah, yeah, okay, cool. So this is what this article says, and obviously I'll put the link in the show notes. So there's hundreds of emotional motivators that drive consumer behavior, but these are the 10 that, are, that significantly affect customer value across all categories that were studied in this um, research. So I'm just seeing if I can find what the categories were. Mm. Can't see off, but it's saying multiple categories. So it just says our research across hundreds of brands in dozens of categories shows that shows that it's impossible it, that it's possible to rigorously measure and strategically target the feelings that drive customer behaviors. And they call these emotional motivators. So if a customer is inspired by a desire to stand out from the crowd, then brands will use. They'll project a unique social identity. So they'll show you that you'll be seen as special if you have this product. Now, I can think of so many examples of where this is used to manipulate people. This idea of like, say for instance, you have a Rolex watch. 
you're special, you're better than other people. Now, to me, that way of marketing is actually, I wouldn't consider that ethical. Now, we'll talk about ethical marketing more in a minute, but this idea of like, you need, you are better than others, like that you have inherent value that is more, that is greater than other humans plays into like some pretty bad stuff. Like the, like people who believe that they are actually like superior to other people, that's like an indicator of narcissistic personality disorder, not narcissism, like actually the personality disorder of, uh, you know, which is, which is a pretty, that's a pretty full on thing. Like to think that I'm superior to others and this idea that standing out from the crowd or like you can have this you're this special person to me I'm like that's really worrying because like these things like if we're using this to like market a brand like kids are seeing this right and like people who are quite vulnerable are seeing this and just people in general are seeing this and I'm like why why would we want people to think that a product is what makes them special like that's that's troubling right anyway i will continue and we'll revisit the ethics stuff in a second okay uh another one another like big emotional motivator is having confidence in the future so what brands will do is show that the future is better than the past and often also and they don't say this here but I would say this is also where maybe you have the hero going through a journey where they go through a transformation. So they've got this product and now as a result, they're confident in their future. They've transformed into someone who is not worrying and anxious anymore, but actually someone who's quite calm and peaceful because, you know, maybe they bought insurance or something like that. Uh, the third one that they mention is enjoy a sense of well-being. So feeling that life measures up to expectation expectations and that balance has has been achieved so how do i sit how do i get to a stress-free state without conflicts of or threats and then you go the way that you do that remembering the story structure is through this product is through this service is through this solution uh the fourth one we're already in the fourth one yeah fourth one is feel a sense of freedom so how can the ad um, or the brand show that you'll be able to act independently without obligations or restrictions by purchasing this. Feel a sense of thrill. So um, experience pleasure, excitement, you're participating in exciting, fun events. Um, a lot of the time you see that with things like alcohol ads, you know, like, oh, look, at, or travel ads. Like, look how amazing this experience looks. Look how much fun these people are having. I mean, even Coca-Cola uses this, right? Like, Look how much fun these people are having. Like, I want to buy a bottle of Coca-Cola so that I can experience what these people are experiencing. So instead of seeing that it's not the product that gets them there, it's actually all these other things which would be really useful to learn and be educated about. Marketing can basically just say, oh, well, it's associated with our product. So therefore, uh, just buy our product feel a sense of belonging so have an affiliation with people they relate to or aspire to be like feel like part of the group right remember I said the people by community so this idea that okay I can be part of this crowd I can belong to 
this club, I can belong to these people who I really admire if I do X, Y, Z. Protect the environment. So sustain the belief that the environment is sacred and take action to improve their surroundings. How can brands do that? So if you buy our product, we are sustainable. We make this sustainably. You should buy our product and you're, by doing that, you are protecting the environment. And the thing there that pops up for me immediately is like how true, how true that is, right? Because things can like be sustainable in one area but not be sustainable in another. Or you could have something that, yeah, that's environmentally friendly but it's not human rights friendly, you know. Um, be the person I want to be. So again, this is another identity one. I want to fulfill a desire for ongoing self-improvement and live up to my ideal image of myself. And in order to do that, I need to purchase this product, service, package, etc. Feel secure. So believe that what we have today will be there tomorrow. So this is more about saying, okay, life's good. This is less about a pain point and more saying like, all these things that you love and hold dear are going to be protected. Um, you can pursue your goals and dreams without worrying about that coming at the cost of what you already have. So these are the top 10 emotional motivators that they talk about in this article. And I think like you could probably hear as I was going through them, I'm like each one of these has, uh, I mean, I really focus on the first one, but each one of these has it doesn't inherently mean that it's wrong but it also doesn't inherently mean that it's right either because when we use like I said before when we use the storytelling structure essentially what we can do is just it's almost like we patch on our brand our product to a human universal need uh to to have these to have these things fulfilled when it comes to our identity, our feelings, community, and our futures. So what I want to sort of talk a bit about now is like how, to, to start thinking about those in terms of like, are you being manipulated? Like I'm reading this book actually at the moment. It's, I'm reading two. Well, okay. When I say reading, I'm like, I got the book off the shelf. I looked at it. I, I skimmed through and I went, this book looks awesome. I purchased it and then I have not started reading it. So that one's called Brandsplaining, uh, which looks awesome. I can't remember the author, but if you just look up Brandsplaining, you'll find it. And it talks, it's mainly focusing on how women have been manipulated by, you know, advertising and brands to be like, oh, this is the ideal version of like what a woman is. Therefore, I need to buy all these things and do all this stuff. Um, it does talk a little bit about um, men in there as well, but it focuses primarily on women. Um, I haven't started reading that properly yet, like I said, but I got it and I was like, this looks really good. And I was like, I've been wanting to talk about this. So if you want to like dig into some of this stuff further and sort of start digging into like, how am I being manipulated to maybe invest in things that I don't need to invest in and maybe even invest isn't the right word, but throw money at things that I don't need to throw money at. Um, I'm also reading this other book called untamed by glennon doyle i think it's by glennon doyle let me double check and um yeah glennon doyle and that is fantastic and also tell, talking about these things like this the, this idea of sort of being tamed by the messages that we receive in you know all around us from the time we're little 
right? And how we can kind of contort ourselves into being someone who we aren't. And this is an area I want to dive deeper and deeper into with you guys because what I believe we need to do, whether we're running a business, whether we're purchasing as sort of a mindful consumer, and most of us are doing both, right? Or even if we're working for someone else, it's like, how do we look at these things and then start to think about, well, what is this actually do? Like, would I want my child to be getting these messages? Would I want the people that I care about to believe that this is the case? And if the answer is no, then the the marketing or the re- receiving of that information is probably not ethical i think that's like a really that's a simplified way of looking at it but i think it's a pretty good one like because we we kind of like it's so easy to to kind of justify uh like marketing based on you know well everyone's doing it everyone does it so and i used to do this heaps i'd be like well every look everyone does this so like if you want to get attention you kind of have to do this this is how it works but and I still believe that to a certain extent, but I'm like, we have to really think about what sort of behavior we're modeling through the scripts we create in our storytelling, in our branding, and also in our our per own purchasing behaviors. Like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, how do we be more mindful about that? So going through those things again, like, okay, when when do we buy things that make us think oh i want to stand out from the crowd so like for me i think about like design a designer dress that's the first thing that pops into my head like oh like if i got this amazing beautiful dress that just made me look stunning then that would help me stand out from the crowd now is that evil is that wrong is that hurting anyone no i don't think so i like but then again it's also like well where is that dress from and do I have to have that dress in order to stand out because and what are the other things that I could do like that are non-material like does that mean I shouldn't get the dress no not necessarily but being mindful of the fact that oh okay what I'm actually really wanting what I'm really create craving is intimacy what I'm really craving is deep connection with another person and I don't have to have that dress to get that the reason I want to stand out is because I want to attract someone I want to attract a potential partner right I want to there's nothing wrong with that right there's nothing wrong with wanting to stand out for those reasons but thinking that we have to have something that we ourselves aren't valuable enough to do that without all of these things that's where it's like like I said, would you want your children to believe that? Would you want the people that you love to think that the way that they stand out is through something external? Maybe, maybe something that would be more helpful is like developing emotional intelligence and interpersonal skills. Like how do you network? How do you meet people? How do you be curious about other people so that they feel that connection? Would that be a better way of like, achieving that and so then I keep focusing on this first one I don't mean to but so then to me what I also think about is like what brands are actually helping people do that 
right? Like in a, in a, in a real way, like in a, okay, if what you actually want, if the reason that you actually want to stand out is so that you can get your dream job so that you can find a lover or find your future wife, husband, spouse, like what are maybe there's brands that do a better job of helping with those things. So the brands that I like working with are ones that are like, yeah, we, we actually help people develop skills that allow them to achieve these things. Like in a real way, not in like a, I thought that if I got the design address, this would automatically follow. So are you being manipulated into thinking if I buy the design address instead of if I invest in a counselor, like which one's actually going to be more effective? Like what do you actually want? And, and are you being manipulated into purchasing something that you don't really need? Um, and do you also, do you need to feel bad about not having designer dresses or designer clothes, right? And do you feel, need to feel bad about having them? Well, no, like I said before, not necessarily, but just being mindful of why you're doing it, what the, what the reason is. Um, let's pick another one. So feeling a sense of thrill. I think that's a really interesting one. So I want to, I want to feel a sense of thrill. And like I, I mentioned before, like, you know, we can get that from like, Oh, like, okay. Like if I go traveling, I'll feel a sense of thrill. If I, um, drink Bailey's, I'm going to feel a sense of thrill. If I, I'm just picking that randomly and <laughs> saying that's how Bailey's brand themselves. But um, or if I, you know, buy a bottle of Coca-Cola. So again, it's like, what are, what's actually going on? Like if we tap back into working backwards, okay, like, so we see an ad and we see all these people just having a really great time and experiencing new things and being like YOLO, you know, you only live once. Like, oh yeah, I want that. And then it's like, here's Coca-Cola, buy that. And then we're like, okay, let, I'll buy the Coke. Right. And it's not like we think through that step by step. Like we don't actually truly believe that the Coke will make us get that. But we also have this association that it will. Right. So how do we go back a step and go, okay, so what I'm really craving here is some excitement in my life. I'm feeling a bit bored. I'm feeling a bit stuck. What are some of the things that I can do to have more excitement in my life? What? Maybe I need to go try something that I've never tried. Maybe I need to do a cooking class. Maybe I need to like show up to that book club that I've registered to, but I haven't attended yet. Maybe I'm sure some people are like thrill seeking, really Lauren, is that what? Maybe I need to go bungee jumping, <laughs> whatever it is, right? Like they're still products, right? Like they're still bungee jumping, for instance, like that's a, that's something that you still consume, but it's like, is that what you're after? Or is it the Coca-Cola? Like, how do we, again, start going, it's not that we should never buy anything. It's just understanding what is, why is this ad really speaking to me? Why is this brand really speaking to me? Is there something else that I'd be better off investing in? All right, let's do one more. Um, Be the person I want to be. So obviously this is an identity one. Now, like for me, one thing that I find is like, I am a sucker in in this space. I'm a massive sucker for that. I'm like, I will buy heaps. Like I went to the bookshop the other day, I bought like four books and I felt really good. (laughs) I haven't read them all, but I'm like, 
okay, I I need help. In, I need support in this, this, and this space. And for me, I buy books and I listen to podcasts to like help me with that. Now, that's I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think books can be really helpful. But also, they, there could be lots of other things that would be not so helpful. So, for instance, I've in the past invested in courses that I thought would be really helpful for me to you know, achieve a goal that I wanted to achieve. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that person's doing this. Look at all the transformations that these clients have been on. You know, say, for instance, with their business. Oh, like they had like this kind of business and then they did this course and now they have like a way more successful business. So I want that. I need the course to allow me to be the person that I want to be. It also ties in with the last one, which was like succeed in life, right? Oh, okay. So I'm going to succeed if I buy this course. And then I bought the course and then I've been disappointed. I'm like, well, actually, it didn't really tell me anything new. Uh, it didn't really actually help me achieve those things. And I think I actually could have put a better course together myself. I'm sure people listening to this have experienced this before. And it sounds like maybe it sounds a little bit like, oh, like I'm so wonderful. I could put this together myself. But it's more like what I've noticed a lot of the time is that what I think will actually help me isn't what will help me. So I want to be the, be the person that I want to be is like, well, hang on. That might start with like some things that I'm avoiding, like meditation or exercise or, you know, like sitting with myself or facing something that I've had trouble facing, you know. Um, And I think that, again, we can get manipulated into buying things that we think will make us who we want to be. Going back to the designer dress, for some people it might be like, I will be beautiful if I buy the designer dress. I will be thinner if I buy the designer dress. I will be whatever it is, right? I will be happy. I will be, that's more a feeling, but like I will become something else by, because that's a transformation, right? I will become this other person. But it's like, that's not how designer dresses work, right? That's not what it's going to do. It's sort of like, you know, sometimes when you buy something and then you have like buyer's remorse and you kind of go like, I thought I was going to feel, I bought a car. I was so excited about the car for like a week. And now my life feels exactly the same. It hasn't actually helped with anything. And now I'm $10,000 in debt, right? Like, why did I do that? That's because of marketing. That's because of what marketing does. Because marketing, the aim isn't, to make you oh, it's not all the time it depends on the company but this takes us into the next se- section around sort of like ethical marketing so does the product actually get you what you want right and when we think about something like a car a car can be helpful right a car can be great in some especially in, if you live in certain parts of the world like you really need a certain type of car to be able to do things like go to work and like function and and do the things that you need to do in your day-to-day life, right? But does that mean that you need the $200,000 car? Or, you know, does that mean that you need all the bells and whistles? Or is that going to make you actually happier? Is that going to, is that going to get you what you want it to get you, right? And What I'm wondering, the sort of thought experiment I have in my head is like, if all of us 
had the opportunity to know about these things and we thought about it and we're like, okay, what am I actually trying to buy? And either redirecting our purchase to something that would help. So say for instance, like I said before, if it's like, I'm not the person who I, I'm not authentic. I don't feel authentic. Then maybe it's like, okay, I want to do some therapy, but instead of doing therapy, we buy a designer dress. Like that's a problem. So if the designer dress was marketed as in like, here's this designer dress, it's beautiful, it's aesthetically pleasing, it's been, there's nothing wrong with it, (laughs) but it's not like, it's not like I'm saying that designer dresses are bad. It's just like, what is, what are you trying to achieve? And is it going to get you that? If we all did that, I think that we would be making different purchasing decisions, right? Like, do I really have to have that? Maybe not. I don't really have to have that. Like, I have a beautiful designer coat that I love from Hugo Boss. And like, I wear it to death and I feel really good in it. And I've never regretted the purchase. It's functional. It keeps me warm. It's going to last a really long time. From my understanding, it's ethically sourced. Although I haven't, to be honest, when I bought it, I didn't look into it too much. Um, but for me, I'm like, that's, I, I'm really happy that I purchased, I made that purchase, but I'm not going to buy 10 of them. And I'm not like, I'm a better person because I have this. And I'm not like my identity has changed. I'm just like, this feels good. I like wearing this coat. I, I feel good in it. I feel warm and it goes with lots of things and it's very practical and it's beautifully made. Like, but I'm not, like I said, like, it's, it's not about like, I'm going to become this different person. And I worry about how many brands are promising transformation and new identities and all these kinds of things because that's what sells. And it's actually bullshit. It's like, no, this is a bottle of Coca-Cola. If you like the taste, go for it, buy it. It's not going to get you friends. You know, that's like essentially false advertising. It's not like you go, oh, I got a Coke and like now I'm going to be able to make all these. Like it's not going to give you that. But what it can give us is lots of insight into ourselves in going, oh, that's what I actually want. Okay, how do I go about getting that? So I think we can use it to our advantage. I think we can, as consumers, we can start to look at these marketing pieces and go, right, what is this saying about this is speaking to me? Like if we just did this, right? Like every time an ad like stands out to you and you're like, oh yeah, this is really speaking to me. Like you see a Facebook ad and they go like, do you want more clients? And you're like, yes, I want more clients. Okay, okay. So I'm learning something about myself. There's a goal here. This is telling me about a goal that I have. But instead of me just like pressing the button to go and like buy this course, maybe I could just go and look this stuff up on YouTube, which by the way, you can, right? Like you can learn that yourself. Maybe you want it to be curated and maybe you're like, this is completely worth the investment and that's great. But just having a bit more thought and mindfulness in that to go, okay, what am I actually, this is telling me something about my goals. This is telling me about something that I want in my life that I need to pay attention to. I'm going to use this as a clue, but it doesn't mean I'm going to necessarily press the buy now button. And if we all did that, I think like, we would move away from this toxic consumer cycle of just buy, buy, buy. Like our environment can't afford us to do this in lots of ways. Like we can't, if you look at like the amount of 
good stuff that happened in the environment from there being less stuff less buying activity happening like we need to think about that we need to think about like what is ethic what does ethical purchasing look like what does ethical marketing look like and if we're running a business ourselves thinking about how am i going to responsibly communicate with my customers so that they understand what I'm going to help them with, what they can achieve, what a real transformation is going to look like for them and so that they can make an informed decision instead of trying to get people to buy into like the top 1%. You know, like, oh, well, one time I had this client who just achieved all of this stuff and I didn't actually really have anything to do with their results, but they did really well. I'm going to present that as in like that's the typical. If you do what I tell you to do, you're going to achieve what this like one client achieved. You know, that's not really ethical because it's not representing the facts. Okay, so I think, how long have I been talking for? Oh, over half an hour. I think that's it from me for today. I will, um, I want to have more discussion about this. This is like the first part in a series around this. Um, we'll talk more about what ethical marketing looks like. Um, and I'd love to know what your thoughts are on this. And if you'd like more kind of content like this, that would be good. Um, so you can tweet with me at Lauren Cress 89. Um, also just a quick mention that, um, this podcast is free, but it's not cheap. So I pay to like produce this. I obviously spend quite a bit of time like putting it together and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I love doing it. Uh, but it's sort of like, I guess essentially it's like, yeah it's just it's just me like making it because I think it's important to talk about these things so if you like this show um ways that you can help me out with like making this show bigger getting support all that kind of stuff is like any episodes that you're like oh you can think of someone who would like that episode please share the episode with them um if you can leave a positive rating and review that would be amazing um on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this and also if you want to go the extra mile to sort of support the show i do also have a ko-fi page um so it helps me pay for things like the hosting every month i have you know have have had to buy a lot of equipment to like do this podcasting stuff this week obviously just sort of doing a bit rougher but um if you want to support me just with like for the price of a cup of coffee so if you were kind of like i met lauren in the street and I like wanted to say thank you for the podcast and I bought her a cup of coffee. You can essentially do that. All you need to do is go to ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress and that's with a K. Um, until next time, remember that stepping into your power will make the world a better place. Cheers, guys. Not running your business on NetSuite is like trying to sync a putt with a cap pulled over your eyes. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one cloud financial system, giving you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, budgeting, and more all in one place. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 31,000 businesses already use NetSuite. This summer, NetSuite has a special financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com go. netsuite.com go. Oh.